Hello? God bless you. Happy Resurrection Sunday, everyone. God bless you. Welcome into the house of the Lord. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 15, 3 says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen. Aren't we glad that we are what we are? And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. Amen. Father, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord God. We welcome you in this day, Lord God. We invite in your Holy Spirit, fall upon us today, Lord God. Have your way in this service, Almighty God. Father, we praise you and we glorify you, Almighty God. We thank you, Lord God, because this is the day we choose to celebrate that you rose again, Lord God, not just for those who were there, Father God, but for each and every one of us, Lord God, that sin and fall short of your glory, Father. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that your labor was not in vain, Father God, that the work, the suffering, Lord God, the crucifixion, your shed blood, your stripes, Lord God, were not in vain, Lord God, but it was that we could be here today praising and worshiping you, giving you the glory and the honor. Come on, let's praise him, folks. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father. Father, because we know where we were. We know where we could have been, Father. We know where you brought us from, Lord, and we're grateful to you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Father God, I ask that you bless everyone here, everybody online, Lord God, all those who could not be here today, Lord that you would speak to them, Lord God, that they will have a divine revelation of you, a visitation from you, Lord, that nobody would leave here the same, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, is in this place, Lord God, because we entered your gates with thanksgiving and praise. We will continue to praise and worship you, Lord God, from the moment this service has started till we walk through those doors. We will continue, Lord God, to praise your holy name because you and you alone are worthy. You are high and lifted up, almighty God. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Shalom, our peace, Father God. And we thank you and we worship you, Lord God, because we would be nothing without you. You are the air we breathe. You are our joy and the lifter 
of our head, Almighty God. You are our Savior, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for all you've done, all you were doing, and all you will continue to do because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God. And we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you saw it fit to love us, that you saw fit to call us, that you saw fit to choose us, Lord God, even when we rejected you, when we persecuted you. Lord God, when we ran from you, when we turned from you, Lord God, you still loved us, Father. And we just thank you. We're so grateful, Lord God. We're so grateful, Lord God, that you allowed us to see another day, to try to get it right, to worship you, to turn back towards you, Lord God. Father, and I thank you. I pray a special blessing over all our guests today, Lord God, all our family members, Lord God, who came out to worship with us today. Lord God, let them not leave the same. Let them hear from you. Let them feel your presence here. Let them feel your love, Father God. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord God, as we continue to worship you and lift up holy hands and lift up your name in this temple, Lord God. We thank you for your presence. Have your way, Lord God, today. Have your way in this service. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is everyone happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Sunday, Calvary.
in this place. We're your ambassadors in this neighborhood, in our neighborhoods, God. Hallelujah. And we declare, we declare, God, we make this an altar unto you. We make this an altar unto Jesus. Lord, and we speak down and we cast down every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Every voice, Lord, every single voice in the media, every single voice, God, in the culture, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ in the name of Jesus, we declare your Lordship over it. We declare your Lordship over it. And Lord God, we lift up an altar to you. We lift up an altar to you, God. Hallelujah. You are Lord over it all. You are Lord over it all, King Jesus. You are Lord. Come on, let's lift this, lift up your praise. Fill this place. Fill this room. Fill the atmosphere with his praises. Fill the atmosphere. Sing a new song unto the Lord. Lord, today we bring our offering. We bring our new song unto you, God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We declare that you are the reason of this season, God. You are the reason. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're the 
Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's not stop praising. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Jesus. Jesus. He's good like that, right? He's good like that. Let's not forget. Amen. So um, pastor asked me to do the offering and to share a little about what resurrection means to me. So I'm going to try to do a twofer and make it quick. <clears throat> so I want us to start with Malachi 3, verse 7. It says, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? So then God goes into, will a man rob God, right? So he was very specifically referring to people who had fallen away. People had turned away from the ordinances, right? And the very next scripture, and this is the one we usually quote when we do the offering, right? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. So this comes right after him telling them that they have fallen away. And what do they need? So they're asking, what can I do to return? <clears throat> and he says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what ways have you robbed me? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Why does he say that, right? Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants everything that you have. He wants your peace. He wants your money. He wants your children. He wants your job. He wants your health. 
So he will rebuke all of those things for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. <clears throat> and all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. So today marks 28 years that I've been saved. Amen. And I'm glad the pastors Mingos are here because they were there when I got saved. <clears throat> yes, you are. Yes, you are, brother. That's not lying. Not in the house of God and not next to your wife because she'll check you in a minute. But it's been 28 years, and since I got saved, I had the revelation that part of my worship and part of, if I say I love God, that means I have to love him with my money, I have to love him with my body, I have to love him with my mind, I have to love him in my actions, in my deeds, in my words, at work, at home, with my children. It all begins with that, because if we love God and we worship him, then everything in our lives has to line up with that. And when I first came to Christ, I was broke, I, broke, and I mean broke, in debt, tens of thousands of dollars on credit cards, lights getting cut off by Con Ed. I was a single parent, I was making, I want to say, $18,000 a year, if that, and I had to tithe, right? And some of us say when we get more money, we'll tithe. When we get more of this, we'll tithe. But if you can't tithe a dollar off a of 10, you're not going to tithe a 1,000 off a of 10,000. Trust me. You're not. You're not. Because if he can't trust you with the little, he can't trust you with the big. And God has been faithful to me. So when I think about the resurrection in Isaiah 53, 4, let me get it. Um, I don't memorize the Bible, y'all. I try in pieces, but I don't memorize the whole thing, so be patient with me. So Isaiah 53, it says, Surely he ha and this is talking, this is the prophetic word about the resurrection. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. And we heard all about this Friday night. Who was here Friday night for the seven last words? Amen. Everybody was good. One person was better than the next. It was amazing. <clears throat> but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That means Jesus carried everything for us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. That's each and every one of us. Before we were even born, he bore all of this for us, because he saw us here today. Amen? And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He, was, he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord should prosper in his hand. He shall labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. 
My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So Jesus is always making intercession for us. Amen. So when I think about the resurrection, that's what I'm thinking about. Whatever I did yesterday, whatever I, I'm going to do today, whatever I'm going to do tomorrow, it is under the blood. He has already set it up so that we are conquerors and we are victorious. And no matter if we slip and fall, we get back up. He is there. He is there. He knows us. He loves us. He sees us. And there's nothing we can do that he was surprised or amazed or shocked by. That's why the blood was shed. That's why the stripes. That's why he was crucified. That's why he bore our sins. And I'm so grateful to God for that. Because I know me. And I know as much as I promised today, standing up here, Lord, I'll never do this again. I'll never do that again. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to walk more. I'm going to do more. I know tomorrow I am going to do the exact opposite of what I have said here today. Right, because we live in earthen vessels and we are weak and we succumb to our flesh. But God, who always draws us back to his throne of grace. But God, who shed the blood. But God, who covered all our sins and made a way back to him when he tore the veil. Amen. We don't have to wait a year for the priest to go into the Holy of Holies and, and, and repent for all of us. We can go right that moment and say, God, I messed up. Here I am again. Here I am again. And he hears us and he knows us and he loves us. And for that, I'm grateful. So I don't have to tell you all to give. You already know what to do. If you don't want to give, don't give because he won't receive it that way anyway. But if you say you love your God, then you have to show it in every area of your life. Amen. So as we prepare to take the offering, you can follow the direction of the ushers. But Father, if you could just lift up your offering. If you have nothing to give, then give your hands because that is a sign of surrender unto the Lord. That you're surrendering your life, you're surrendering your will, you're surrendering everything to him. So Father, we just thank you and we praise you, almighty God. Father God, thank you for all those who are giving. Thank you for those who want to give but can't, Lord God. Father God, we ask that you bless each and every one of them, that you return the seed that they are sowing to them a hundredfold. Father God, that you will open doors of opportunity, Lord God. If they need jobs, lead them to the job. If they need health, Lord God, heal them. If they need love, Lord God, lavish your love upon them. Lord God, wherever they are, I pray that you meet them in their place of need right now, Father. That nobody will leave here, Lord God, with an unmet need. No one will leave here as they came in, but they will leave here better, closer to you, and more determined to walk in your will and your way. Father, I thank you and I praise you because you are the one that gives seed to the sower. Father God, so I ask that you bless each and every hand that's raised. Lord God, each and every person online, all the families represented that are here today, Father God, bless their homes, bless their households, bless their jobs, bless their mind, their spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we have a special treat um, after this now, um, and we're just very excited to bring on our very own Youth Ablaze. Everybody give them a welcome. Give them a hand. Praise God. 
I am just so astounded and so proud to see what God is doing in their lives and to see just how they are blossoming and blooming and flowering for the Lord. And this group up here, guys, make no mistake about it, they are dynamite in every way. Um, and we're just so incredibly proud of them. So um, I know all of you guys know how popular superheroes are in our culture, in our entertainment. We've got entire series of multiple movies that have this same theme and this, this, this theme in common because everybody needs someone to look up to. Everybody needs someone to show them the light, to show them the truth. And you know what? We actually have a real life version of one of those and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on and give him a praise. Yes. Everybody needs a hero to believe in. Everybody needs a dream. Everybody needs a truth that they can trust in. A love that can redeem. Well, in this world of chaos, heartbreak, and suffering, we are not alone. We have found a home. A hope we can live for and this hope is unbreakable it's unshakable jesus you're unstoppable you want the man so selfless that you died just to show us the way you are the man who's got the keys to heaven and the grave you are a real life superhero you are the sons of God who can live as one of us. You are the king whose sacrifice made us victorious. You are, sing it again. You are the man. You are the man so selfless that you died just to show us the way. You are the man who's got the keys to hell and the grave. You are our real life superhero. You are the son who left heaven to live as one of us. You are the king whose sacrifice made us victorious. You are our real life superhero. You wanted me to be back home, to be in your house before your throne. You made a plan to save our soul. You are a real life superhero. You gave us everything you had. For my life, you held nothing back. You're not some make believe hero. Jesus, you're real. You died just to show us the way. You are the man who's got the keys to heaven and the grave. You are our real life superhero. You are the son who left heaven to live as one of us. 
You are the king who sacrificed me of victorious. You are. Sing it again. You are the man. Yes. You are the man so selfless that you died just to show us the way. You are the man who's got the keys to hell and the grave. You are a real life superhero. You are the son who left heaven to live as one of us. You are the king who sacrificed, made us victorious. You are a real. Here we go, perfect love. Perfect love, outstretched arms. You reached out and won my heart. You are a real life superhero. Humble king. Humble King, blood stained brown, death has no hold on us. Hold on us now. You are our real life superhero. Perfect, perfect love, outstretched arms. You reached out and won my heart. You are our real life superhero. Humble King. Humble King, blood stained brown, death has no hold on us now. You are a real life. You are a real life. You are a real life superhero.
So good morning, God bless you in this beautiful resurrection day. So good Praise morning, God. God bless you in this beautiful resurrection day. Praise God. So congregation, as you know, uh, we have various friends and colleagues um, in our beautiful city. And uh, I belong to a wonderful fellowship, Christ Covenant Coalition. And, and our bishop uh, is um, Joe Matera, Bishop Joe Matera. And we'll be certainly hearing from him later on in the year. But um, I just wanted to uh, have one of our dear friends, my brother from another mother, uh, Bishop Reford Mott, uh, come and just say hello to you. And uh, Bishop, uh, good morning in this beautiful Resurrection Day. Hey, good morning, Pastor Victor. Good morning, my family, my second family, Calvary Church. How's everybody doing? Yeah, over here you are. They're a spiritual uncle, so I wanted them to hear from you. What are what are maybe one or two of the salient thoughts that you have been sharing with the congregation uh, regarding uh, this wonderful Passover Easter season? Well, there's there's so many so many good things, and um, you know when I think about this, obviously Easter is um, or the Resurrection Sunday or Passion Week. That's the bedrock of our faith. You know if if he doesn't rise, none of this is going on, right? That's right. But um, I think of the idea uh, for when I think of Friday, first of all, we call it Good Friday for a reason. And yet, if you really look at it, you know, it's, it didn't look like anything good happened. I mean, someone is falsely accused and, and, and literally slaughtered before the eyes of people that he loved and served. 
And if there's one thing I draw from that is that good things can come from grief. And that's such an important message for us because we're living in a time where we see a lot of things happen. Many of us have lost, lost loved ones this year and over the last season, and many are still grieving. And sometimes we don't know what good can come from our grief, what good can come from our pain. But Jesus, if Friday teaches us anything, is that the best things often come from grief. So I would say, like, if you're dealing with grief right now in your life, take that as a message for yourself as well, that, you know, perhaps what God has brought you through can, can turn out to good for someone else. And then Saturday, we think of, you know, the silence, right? Nobody talks about Saturday. Saturday, Jesus is doing some significant work. And I think what it tells us is that sometimes, you know, when we don't see it, even when we don't see it, God is at work. You, Amen. you know, Amen. that's, yeah, isn't that powerful? And because you don't hear, you hear about Good Friday, you hear about Easter, you never talk about Saturday. It's like a silent day for us, right? Because the fact is Jesus is in the grave on Saturday, but he's doing his best work. The Bible says that he, he, he triumphed over the enemy and made a show of him openly, took away the keys of death and hell and the grave from him. The Bible also tells on, us in Colossians 2.14 that he, t he takes the, the, the record of our wrongs and he nails them to the cross as if to say to the enemy, you go ahead and accuse them. I've already paid the price. And all of that is happening because of, because of a Saturday that we, we think of it as a silent time. But even when you don't see it, God is doing some of the best work in your life. And I want to encourage you on that note today. And of course, we come to Resurrection Sunday. You know, I mean, Resurrection Sunday. This is this is the 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 ultimate. This is the, the pinnacle. One of the things I'd say about Resurrection Sunday is this: is that if Friday God can bring goodness from grief, Saturday, on Sunday rather, He brings gifts from the grave. Hallelujah. You know, Friday is about goodness from grief. Sunday is about gifts from the grave because Jesus comes back. And I will focus on this one thing real quick. It is that the first thing he tells Mary, he says, go tell Peter to meet me, um, you know, in, in Jerusalem. And the point of that was simply Peter had, had wronged Jesus in a way that many of us have failed. We have wronged God. We've, we've made mistakes. We've said things we shouldn't have said. We may, we may have even backslidden. And we find ourselves this morning in church and saying, I don't deserve to be here. I don't feel worthy. Here's the good news. Jesus comes back. And the first thing he says is to that one who loved me and served me. You tell him I want him back. And that's a great message for us this morning. So those are just a few thoughts I have, uh, my brother and friend. And to you, Calvary, I trust that this is, for you guys, going to be a very, very special Resurrection Sunday. Well, thank you, Bishop. Um, I know you're right now with your congregation, um, enjoying this moment, reflecting on those three major salient points. So we bless your congregation. We love all of you. And, uh, you know, we're close by. We're, we're just one section <laughs> of city just uh, away from you. And, uh, Ten minutes down the road. Yeah, and I'll be with you next week also. Uh, we'll be there Thursday and Friday enjoying some wonderful fellowship with the other pastors and colleagues that we gather with every single week. It's been such a joy, uh, Bishop, to be able to gather every week. Um, the unity of the body is 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 so precious and it gives us so much strength. And one of the things of Resurrection Sunday is that it uh, allows us to understand that we are annexed and connected to a body because of the love of Christ, because of his sacrifice, we become part of that family. And so uh, we're not alone. That's another thing that the Resurrection Sunday teaches us is we are not alone. He's with us, he never leaves us, nor forsakes us. 
he forgives us he gives us that new chance a new uh, lease on life so to speak a brand new life absolutely praise god so thank you sir closing thoughts it's my pleasure it's you know it's 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 family it's not perfect it's messy but i i never grow tired of it it's family and this is this is what jesus has given us that's another gift from the grave he's made us a family and so I, you know, I'm addicted to it, man. It's been 40 something years. I, I can't wow. think of myself being anyplace else, but wow. with the family of God. Amen. Bishop, thank you so much. You've been so kind to share a couple of minutes, get out of your congregation, come over and share a little time with us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you later on in the, <laughs> hey, thank it's God. It's my joy. The miracle of technology, right? Praise God. Well, love you. God bless you, sir. Have a wonderful and blessed Resurrection Sunday, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you, Apostle. Love you, Calvary. I look forward to seeing you guys soon, too. Mwah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, that's my uncle. Praise God. How many people here are excited? You know, Friday we had an awesome service as we brought back into memories the things that our Father has done through His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, sharing the blood on the cross and all that He has broken for us. He paid the price. We no longer have to worry how we're going to do it. He paid the price. The debt has been paid. You are free. Friday, 2,000 years ago, he paid a price that caused you to be free today. Amen. If that's all we share today, that's all we need. That alone should have caused you to jump up and praise him because you are free. You're no longer under bondage. You're no longer under the sting of death and hell. You're no longer a slave. But there's Sunday. Restoration Sunday, where he showed that not even the grave could hold him back. He went to hell and took the keys that Satan stole from Adam and gave it back to his children. I think I'm the only one excited here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take one of your numbers. All right. Excite myself. Good preaching, Jose. Yeah. God is good. He is awesome. Listen, society would tell you you screwed up, Jose. My brother, you, you missed the mark. And your heavenly follower says, come. Let me say that again. Society will point at your faults. But the Father will look out upon you and see the blood of his lamb. The enemy is always going to try to disqualify you. You know what? I come to the understanding, Pastor. I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I'm a mess. But my God. Because of what he did Friday, I can celebrate Sunday. He is awesome. Listen, man, if anything you leave from today, anything you leave here from today, you've got to grab back something that has been stolen from most Christians, and that's the joy of the Holy Ghost. 
Because if we are children of the Most High, man, there's no reason we should be walking with our heads down. I don't care what journey you're in. But the Bible said, though, I go through the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you, man. That's, that's precious. That's precious. But you got to understand, I don't care what you're going through. My God is still in the throne. He's still ruling. He's still commanding. He's still declaring. King the king and Lord the Lord. Is that who you're serving? Because if it is, how can you still be sitting there? Just give him a praise, man. I'm talking about the king of kings, the Lord of lords. The awesome I am. My God. My God. My God. My God. Your God. Our king. Our savior. Our deliverer. Our sustainer. My hallelujah. We're not looking at, you know, listen, I love sports, but if I go down mentoring your name, I'm going to, I'm bad at it. Why? Because it don't mean nothing to me. I don't care who just hit a home run. I don't care who broke through the line and made a touchdown. I don't care who came dribbling down, faked and shaked and faked in and did a slant dunk. I don't care. You know what excites me? He paid for me. He set me free. That's greater than anything. Anything. And I'm not the preacher, man. Wait till the preachers get here. The father and the mother of the house. Hallelujah! I just love stirring. You know, that's, that's one of my gifts. I stir people. You know, flame that fire. Because I gotta be honest, man, you know, that flame has been dull for a while. Yeah, because we listen to the reports of the lies of the devil. Amen. Amen. You know, and some of them may be true. We screw up. And he holds that in your face hard. But we have uh, this lawyer that goes before you. And he goes to the judgment seat and he says, Father, my blood is on them. And you know what the father says? Innocent. Ah. <laughs> I'm excited about myself. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. You know, uh, I, I, I am blessed today beyond measure. Uh, it's, you know, every day is a, a, a mixed emotional day. I miss my wife. She went home with dad, so she's hanging out with dad. And one day I'll be there. Not today. But one day, one day, like, I have a mission to, to work on, to accomplish. Friday, I made a challenge. The Lord walked around for 40 days, giving evidence that of his restoration, right? Did I pronounce it right? Okay. That one. <laughs> Ten days after that, he told the disciples, wait. Don't move. Don't think about ministry. Don't, don't, no, don't do it. Don't put the cake in the oven yet. Hold it. Wait a minute. Wait for the promise of the Father. The, the helper, the comforter, 
right? The Holy Spirit, right? 50 days, the day of Pentecost. That, that day, the church was birthed. The very first message, 3,000 people were saved. No sound system. <laughs> you know, you know, no internet, no nothing. Man just got up and said, that man that you, that you guys crucified, his name is Jesus. 3,000 souls were blessed that day. Today we have technology. People in Florida are hearing me speak right now. And the anointing, it's here and there. Amen, amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. the word, man, there is no limitation. That Jesus said, greater things, Jose, you will do than I. Than yeah. I. Amen. Because Jesus can only be in one location at a time. Amen. But through technology, Jose, you could be all around the world. Amen. Amen. Preaching and teaching and declaring and testifying yeah. of the goodness and greatness of God. Man, listen, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. Yeah. You got to, you know, anybody took a shower this morning? <laughs> you refresh yourself, man. Shake the rest off, man. Refresh yourself. Stop walking around like you're a defeated soul. I'm in the house of the Lord, man. I got Let me know if I gotta go across the street because that, that happened over there. The Holy Ghost is here. Yes. The, the Holy Ghost is here. Power. Doing is power. Unlimited power. Yeah, I'm trying to excite you. I'm trying to tell you. Then anything that rises up against you, all you gotta do is speak it because the authority that's in you. Hallelujah. That's right, that's right. God is good. All the time. So back to my challenge. Thought I forgot, you know, I get excited. I lose my right. I said, in 50 days the, the church was birthed, the Holy Spirit was released. Yeah. I said that if you declare or dare. Dare to believe in Jesus Christ. Yes. You know, the one we proclaim, he's our father. Hallelujah. The one we say, you know, he's our king, he's That's my right. savior, my healer, Amen. my dealer, my deliverer, my sustainer, my master, my God. The essence of, my, of me. You know, the one we proclaim it with our mouths and sometimes our hearts are far away. That one, I'm talking about that one. That if you dare to believe and seek him like your life defended it, I guarantee you, in the name of Jesus, because the word of God said that whatever giant is being stand before you, he must come down. So if you dare to make a stand for the Lord, I don't want to hear what it is. This is none of my business. You don't have to tell me anything. This is between personally between you and your Savior. But your smile, the glow from within you, will give the testimony that you are free. Amen. That's enough for me. Now I get the privilege. Oh, everybody, write it down. Write it down, declare it. Make it plain, make it simple. You can see. Yeah, yeah, oh, sorry, I forgot about that. You know, hold on, whatever. Memories will come back, tell me more. <laughs> and uh, once the, you, your the manifestation of what you're standing on, yeah. presented. Take that piece of paper, break it up and burn it, because yeah. it, it hinders you no more. That's right. That one was free. That one was free. Next week we'll cut here. I'll, we'll pass the buckets and we'll take it. Yeah. 
just want to say thank you, you guys. Yeah, yo me lo me pongo lucido aquí en frente del Señor. I'm like a little kid in my daddy's house. This is the way. This is what you see. You see. So enough of me. Let me give you more Holy Ghost. One of the first men in my life, and mother in my life, whoever dared to believe in me, even when I didn't believe in myself, who I saw all my faults, but they for somehow all that mist, they they saw something which sometimes still I don't understand, of the mercy and the grace of our Heavenly Father. And then he gives those manifestations of earthly spiritual fathers and mothers. They corrects us. Yeah, I got to tell you something. My wife never let me get away with anything. Pastor Victor never let me get away with anything. And I love him for it. Many people he corrected. See, because you only can correct a son and daughter. A father and mother can only correct a son and mother, a daughter. When you correct the son and daughter, they take the hit and they come back serving. One who runs away, let him go. He wasn't yours in the first place. Man, I'm not the preacher. Pastor is, but... uh, Now I'm just having fun, man. I'm just, you know, I'm home. I'm home. I, can, you know, I took my jacket off. Did I come with a jacket today, Pastor? No, I'm just at home. Uh, I just want to introduce the man and woman that I call my mother and father in the Lord who uh, believed in me even before I even believed in myself. He's the one that challenged me to go back to school. He's the one that challenged me. When, actually, he used to come to me and say, Jose, nobody's knocking on my door complaining. You're not doing your job right. I'm like, okay. He always found ways to cause me to reach in and pull out. Prepare yourself today for the word, the tag team of the pastor of this house, Victor and Gwendolyn Nassadi. Praise them. Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Sunday. I don't know about you, but every day is a resurrection for me. Hallelujah. We thank you. I mean, it's just an honor and a privilege to be here in the house of the Lord today, to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ. We are excited of what God is doing. I'm excited about what God is doing this year and what he's going to be doing in the future. And I thank God for everything. He is a real-life superhero. I don't care what you say. He is a real-life superhero. You know, we see a lot of things on television. That ain't nothing. Our Jesus is something. And he is a real-life superhero for us. Hallelujah. Only he could die on that cross for you and I to bring us salvation. So I thank God right now. I don't know. I thank God every day and we should be thanking him every single day because he is an awesome God. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise him and it's great to be here today with my family, with my friends 
And I, it's just an honor and a privilege. But I'm not preaching alone today, so I got to give some time to Pastor too. So just wanted to welcome, you know, everyone here today. Welcome everybody to Calvary Christian Fellowship. If you're here for the first time, we love you. Come back and see us again. Hallelujah. Thank you, hon. That's good. Appreciate that. Today we're talking about resurrection hope. Amen. So I want to thank everybody for being here today. You look beautiful today. What a beautiful congregation. God bless you all. Amen. Hallelujah. And also I want to welcome the online family. We, I know we have uh, Brother Robert uh, because I looked at some of the remarks and some say things, others stay quiet. But those that say I'm able to relate to them. Uh, Robert, uh, Pastor Eileen, she sends her greetings. Um, uh, Francis and family, they send their greeting. Kevin Pacheco, Sue Ortiz. So we have a family that's watching and basically fellowshipping with us online. So God bless you all. We love you, and we thank you so much for being there with us today. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Good morning. Amen. There was one point, Pastor, that I couldn't even talk that loud. I'm serious. I went through a, been through a lot. Big journey. But it's great to be here today, fellowshipping with my church. Amen. So I'm thankful that you've chosen to worship here today with this church family. This beautiful pearl right in sound view. Amen. Amen. Even though we might not have perfect parking, but, you know, that's another. You live in New York City. What do you want? <laughs> Praise God. But today we're dealing with renewed hope. And we thank God for that living hope. Praise God. Bow your heads with me. We'll, we'll pray a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So, Father, I thank you for your word and for your promises. Thank you, Father. We're standing here today remembering that which you did for us. We are grateful. We are eternally grateful. And we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're about to do. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And, Father, as we uh, get ready to read your word and share about your word, share the concepts and the principles uh, of your word, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you open up the eyes of our understanding, that we might see what thus saith the Lord. What are you saying to us in this beautiful day? And we thank you for your word is your promise. It's your bond, and you are yeah. faithful. So when we read your word, when we uh, teach about your word, we are talking about something that is the substratum of our faith. We are talking about the anchor of our faith. We give you the praise for your promises, for your goodness, for your love, your tender mercies, for your favor, O oh God, in our lives. We pray all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of God. So we've been ministering the last three weeks, actually, on the theme, Resurrecting Hope. Resurrecting Hope. How many of you heard one or more of those messages? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Minister Liz, she began the message, Do you love me? Do you love me? And, you know, that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Do we really love God? Now, many people say they're Christian, or many people say they go to church from, from time to time. I remember as a child, uh, they would ask me, What are you? Well, I'm Catholic. Well, I knew nothing about that. I was not a practicing faithful Catholic. And, and, but that's how many people are. You know, where you come from, I'm Christian, or I'm this, or I'm that. But they're not really practicing, you know? And, and we have to ask that question about us, or do you love me? 
than Deacon Byers. He came here, hit a world grand slam, I guess. Uh, he, I mean, he lit the place up. He, he taught on, if you would have been there, if you would have been there. And that goes to talk about uh, the many disappointments in life, you know. You know, you arrived too late, Jesus. Well, you know, the message really declared that that's not the case. Amen. And then last week, uh, Pastor Mingo, uh, we had to replace the roof because he blew the lid off the roof. And I'll give you the bill later on on that. He ministered unity in him, unity in him. So we, we do have unity in him by God's grace. And then this past Friday, we had seven preachers here. And each one of them did a phenomenal job in preparing the thought from beginning to end. I wasn't here physically, but I was online. I was one of the people praising God. We were lighting up the chat room, talking about the points that were brought. So thank God for all the points, all the speakers, and all of you that have you know, taken out your time. Right now, there are people on Fifth Avenue wearing funny hats. You know, I mean, the craziest, zaniest hats they put them on. And that's fine. You know, listen, we're creative people. But I'd rather be here. I'd, I'd rather be glorifying Jesus, exalting Jesus. It's not about the bunny. It's about the Lamb of God. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Amen. And so today we'll be sharing resurrecting hope, and we're going to do a tag team. She's going to help me, and frankly, she's a better preacher than me, so I get, I get to tag with her. I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, God is awesome. God is just so awesome. One of the things I think about when we talk about um, salvation or when we talk about Easter Sunday or when we talk about Christ dying on the cross, one of the things I'm reminded of is brokenness. You know, brokenness, because I don't know about you guys, but when something breaks that looks perfect to me, I get upset. I don't know. I don't know who's like that. Who gets upset when something You, you can ask him how upset I and get. And you know, it's funny because when she breaks something, she goes, oh, man. But when oh, I, I break upset. something, <laughs> when I break something, I never get to hear the end of it. Upset, you know, so I, don't ask me why, but if something is perfect and it's beautiful in of itself and it breaks, it shatters, I cannot repair it, it gets me upset. I don't know about you guys. And one of the things that I, is, I'm reminded of that when, when it comes to Easter, God, Jesus, dying on the cross, repairs something that man has shattered. Amen. Amen. Man has shattered their relationship, that communion, that direct communion with God and broke it into so many pieces. So think of like a vase maybe you have at home that shatters into so many pieces and there's no way for you to glue it back together. Because sometimes things shatter and there's too many shards and you can't, it's, it's impossible. But I thank God because Jesus, God had a plan from the beginning. And even though man shattered their relationship with God, God said, don't worry, because I have a plan to restore. And God begins to bring restoration. And it may not be the same vase. Listen to this. It may not be the same vase that it was before, but Jesus takes it and makes it something brand new. And it is a beautiful thing to understand that. It's not the same, but it's brand new. And when God, when Jesus died on the cross for you and I, we were restored. We were made brand new. 
So I thank God for his restoration power that even though we were ready to go to hell, because that's what we deserved, by the way, God said, no, I have a plan because I love them, because God loves us so much that he makes a plan for us, right? And he says, it doesn't matter where you're at or how much you have sin. I have a plan to restore you to me where you will go back to, to be with me one day and you will have eternity once again. Hallelujah. Amen. So the days following Jesus' crucifixion, you know, we had that message on Friday. It must have been some of the darkest times for his believers, uh, for his followers. They had placed every single hope upon him. And when he died, they lost the hope because that was the extent of their belief. So they had placed all their hope in him, and he was dead. They believed that he was truly the Messiah, and through his life, it would change the world. But they had a weird, not weird, but a different way of looking at it, a world, worldly way of looking at it. But it was not until a woman named Mary went to visit the tomb and hope was restored. Praise God. The tomb was empty and Jesus had indeed risen, right? So all Mary wanted to do was to hold on to her Savior once she discovered the good news. But however, Jesus wasn't done. So he was, you know, he still had business to do. He had to go to the Father in heaven, restore all that was broken by sin. Honey, you were talking about that brokenness. He had to restore it, make it right once and for all. So we recognize that Easter is the reminder that because Jesus is alive, we have hope. It's not an ethereal hope. It's not a, let's say, a positive thinking hope. This is a real, tangible, guaranteed hope that, you know, here in life and in eternity, he already paid the price. Praise God. Have you ever thought about the fact that before Easter was a celebration of life? It was a time of mourning in Jesus' in, in Jesus's death? It would only have been a few days before when the disciples would have watched their friend, watched the one who believed, they believed was the Messiah. Just two, three days before, right? Suddenly be crucified on a Roman cross, the worst type of death. But praise God, they have placed their hopes and dreams on a coming kingdom, but Jesus was about to show them a revelation that they knew not of, praise God. When we're talking about hope, you know, it's that sometimes we have hope in so many things in this world. We're going through so much, and, but we can't see, you know, God has a plan for your life, but we cannot see the hope. Sometimes we lose hope, but I want you to let you know that today we have hope in Jesus. So whatever you are going through today, see, God has a plan. He had a plan from the beginning. God is a God of plans. And I just want to say that even when God had his plan from the beginning, from the time that Adam sinned and Eve sinned, he had a plan, but that plan was not manifested the following day. It didn't happen the following year. It didn't happen the following hundred years. See, because everything is in God's timing. God has a timing for us. So when we're going through disappointment, when we're going through difficulties, when we're going through troubles and trials and tribulation, know that God has a plan for your life. And we just got to wait on him for the plan that he has. He is about to restore some people here in the mighty name of Jesus. And there are some things some of you have been waiting for for a long time. And God said, this is your year. This is the timing. Hallelujah. 
And I'm going to let you know right now that some of you have been praying for children. And God is getting ready to restore them and bring back the prodigals in Jesus' name. He had a plan from the beginning for your children. He had a plan from the beginning for your life. And I want to tell you today that no matter what disappointment you're going through, when you see God's hand upon your children's life and upon your life, you're going to be praising him sky high because you're going to go, Jesus, thank you, hallelujah, because you have just delivered and my children, you have just delivered the ones I love, Father. And so we just got to praise him and thank him because his plan is yes, yes. in motion right now. His plan for your life is in motion right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God. On Friday, they were crushed. On Friday, when Jesus was crucified, all their hopes were cast aside. They gave up on the inside. They determined, well, we thought this was going to happen, but because of that, we're going to go back to our old lives. See, that was the finality. Jesus' death, that would have been a knockout blow to any of the hopes of the disciples. But think about it. In our lives, we experience the same in, at different levels. There are different kinds of disappointments. Uh, there's an example uh, as disappointment, like what happened to me throughout the years I was raising my kids. I would buy my favorite cereal. And you know, in the morning sometime when you just need that cereal. There's just a, there's, there's a certain anointing on that cereal. And I would go to the box. I would find the box. Different ones, you know. <laughs> yeah. I would find the box, but it was empty. And that caused me to be severely disappointed. Yeah. Also, what about uh, some of you Yankee fans? Isn't it disappointing when they get to the playoffs and they get knocked out? Not as bad as the Jets. Not as bad as the Jets. That's your team? The Jets. But see, that's a type of disappointment, right? So there are different kinds of disappointments. What about if somebody promises you something? No problem. My bond. My word is my bond. You got it. And then the day all you see is crickets. All you hear is crickets. They're nowhere to be found. They let you down. That's another kind of disappointment. So take a moment to think right now. What have been some of the disappointments in your life? Maybe you're walking through a disappointment right now. And then you know, it can get progressively worse. Disappointments are different degrees, different levels, different seasons. Uh, different aspects of life can create disappointments. Each disappointment carries with it all kinds of emotions. Yeah. Have you ever find yourself in one of these situations where your emotions go out of control because of a disappointment? Well, let me tell you, these men, after following Jesus for three and a half years, suddenly everything abruptly stopped. They were expecting a supernatural outcome of this. They were expecting for Jesus to wield his hand or something, and suddenly all the soldiers would be cast aside, right? Nothing happened. The healer, the one that would break demons, the one that did miracles, suddenly just quiet, didn't say a thing. It's because they didn't understand who he was. They didn't understand what kind of kingdom he was bringing. They did not understand the price he was about ready to pay for all of humanity. Praise God. You see, God has a plan at all times, but his plans are not our plans. See, we, we're thinking things have to happen a certain way. And they got to be a certain way 
And God says, no, that's not my plan. That's your plan, but it's not my plan. So we have to always be ready for the plan that God has for us and not the opposite way around. We cannot tell God what kind of plan to have for our lives. We have to understand that God has a plan and he's going to make that plan come forth in his timing and in his way. This is why a lot of people get disappointed because they say, oh, I thought it was going to be this way. Have you ever heard people say that? I thought it was going to be this way. Or I pray for it to be that way. Well, you can pray for it to be that way, but it doesn't mean that's the way God is going to do it. You see? So this is why these men were waiting for Jesus to wield his hand and kill everybody and do or whatever they were, they were expecting of Jesus. And when he didn't do that, when they saw that he was going to the cross to die on the cross, it may have been a disappointment for many people. They said, we thought that God was going to do something great, you know, and just get rid of all these people once and for all and make things right. I think that's what a lot of people were expecting. But that's not what Jesus came for. See, he came to give life to everyone. He wasn't going to strike everyone down. He came to give life. So God has always a plan for us. And we have to be ready to submit to his plan for our lives. See, I've learned to submit to God's plan. Oh, yeah, I want it to go a certain way. Oh, yeah, I want to see certain things. But I've learned throughout my walk with God that not everything I wanted to see, not everything I wanted did I get. And I hear a lot of people saying, you know, I'm, I'm upset because, you know, I'm getting older and I, I wanted this for my life. And I wanted, have you ever heard people say that? I wanted that for my life. I wanted this for my life. And I'm getting older and I haven't accomplished those things. Well, maybe it wasn't. You weren't supposed to accomplish this because that wasn't God's plan for your life in the first place. See, there's a lot of things that we want that God says, I ain't going to give you because it's not going to be a blessing to you. So I'm going to give you those things that are a blessing to you. Because God, Christ came to give life and he gave, came to give life in abundance. So he's going to give you with his abundance, not what you see or not what you want or not what you feel you should get. So that's the way God works with us. At least that's the way God worked with me. No, no that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get it this way instead. I say, okay, Lord. And I have to submit. Why? Because it's God's plan for me. It's not my plan. So I've learned to submit to the plans of God for my life. And then there's the other challenge. The other challenge is on that sometimes when you get what you want, that is the very thing that destroys you. Yeah. And God was trying to keep you from it because he was trying to keep you from being destroyed. Amen. But you fought for it and you fought for it. You, you rejected God's word, God's prophetic word, and you went after that because that's what you wanted. And he gave it to you. Even the Bible says he gives people up to what they want and what ends up happening. Yeah. They, they end up getting destroyed by it. Yeah. So when we think about the gospel, in the middle of the disciples' darkest hour, that's where the light of hope showed up. Sometimes in your darkest hour, you'd be surprised how God has a way of shifting things, turning things around in a heartbeat. Early in the morning on the third day after Jesus' death, a woman named Mary Magdalene, you know the story. She made her way to the tomb. Other places in the scriptures tell us that she had come to anoint the body for his burial, right? But when she arrives, she finds the tomb empty. So, you know, that was probably, thinking about it, adding insult to injury. Because uh, many conclude that someone must have taken him away. A lot of, of those in that day thought about that. that they, even the Roman government thought they'd taken him away, and now they're going to create a narrative where now he's somewhere in hiding. And so they didn't want that. They, they, were, they were stressing about that. 
So in John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. We, we know that's John. And she said, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. And in John chapter 20, verses 11 through 14, then it says this. Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, in white sitting one at the head and one at the feet that's where the body of Jesus had lain and they said to her woman why are you weeping she said to them because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him now when she had said this she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there but she did not know that it was Jesus isn't it amazing many times Jesus shows up we don't even know. We're not even aware. Well, she wasn't aware. And she turned around and saw Jesus. And, and Jesus said to her, Woman, why art thou weeping? Whom are you seeking? What a loving God that sees our tears. And she says, supposing him to be the gardener of all things. She thought he was a gardener. She said to him, Sir, you, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to, to her, Mary! And when he, he just shouted his word, Mary, you know, his, his word came forth. He called her by name. She turned around, and then she realized who he was. And she said, Rabboni. Yeah. Ah, Rabboni. He said, don't touch me. Don't cling, don't cling to me, because I have not yet ascended to my father. But I go to my brethren, say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. See, he resurrected, but she couldn't see him. <laughs> That's not, that happens a lot to all of us. You know, God resurrected, Jesus resurrected, but she was looking for him and she ha he was right by her side, you know, and, and sometimes we're seeking God, we're praying and we think God don't hear us. How many of you feel that way sometimes? Are you praying and you're seeking God and you think God, he is by your side. He hears your prayers. He, he I'm going to say that again. He hears your prayers. Because sometimes you think he's not hearing you. Sometimes you think he's not seeing you. But he sees you very clearly. He knows your situation. He knows your circumstance. He knows what you are going through. He knows everything about you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything about us. So we think he's not listening, but he is listening and he is there. And she thought he was the gardener. No, he's just the gardener. No, that was Jesus. Hallelujah. He had resurrected. He had risen again. He took the keys to hell, death, and the grave. And he rose up on that third day to bring salvation to each and every one of us. Something that no one else could do but God himself. Hallelujah. And so we thank him today and we give him glory for resurrection power that is upon that was upon him and now upon you. Because when he resurrected, so did we. We resurrected out of sin. We resurrected out of death. He, 
all. He bore everything on that cross. And today we can praise him and glorify his name knowing that we have salvation. And I want to tell you today, God hears you. God hears you. He knows you. Hallelujah. And he is with you. And he continues to be with you from now to the very end of time. Amen. Praise God. Preach it, girl. Preach it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he is an awesome God. How many of you know that today? Praise the Lord. He is an awesome God. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jesus. Hallelujah. I can tell you that much. Hallelujah. God knows where I would be today if it wasn't for Jesus. That's right. I don't think I'd be around. Hallelujah. I would be a mess. I would be dying. I would be... Let me... I just get too excited because it's about Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So interesting. After... Mary speaks to the angels, she sees Jesus, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Resurrection hope was standing right in front of her. Yes. And she was yes. unable to see it because of the fog of despair. She was unable to see it because she was so overwhelmed and consumed by the sadness and the severe, uh, the severe disappointment, basically. So after all, Mary had not come to the tomb expecting Jesus to be alive. She came to the tomb believing that she would find a lifeless body. Hallelujah. That's what happens so many times. Our own expectation disqualifies many times our faith. Yes. Yes. That's a sila moment right there. Sila. Think about it. But Easter, praise God, is a reminder that God is in the business of awakening hope within us. Praise God. He does this in many ways. So it can be subtle and it can be missed if you're not careful. A person speaking something to you, a phone call, a, a dream maybe, you know. Just the other day, God encouraged me through a dream. Uh, we were talking about a dream you just had. You know, God encourages us in different ways, but many times we're not looking because we're not expecting. Mm -hmm. But Easter reminds you today, get back to that place of hope. Get back to that place of expectation. Get back to that place of boldness and declaring, my God is not finished with me yet. God is still working in me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Easter comes at just the right time. It's because Jesus' compassion for those that he loves causes him to sacrificially give his life. It's love that brought him there. And it's love that reaches out to you today. It's his compassion that causes him to resurrect from the dead as well. Because his resurrection qualified us to become sons and daughters of Almighty God. He didn't need to do it for himself. He had to do that for us. And because he's alive, we're alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So he meets Mary at the doorway of the now empty tomb. Jesus' immediate concern, what? Her tears. Today, the Lord Jesus is concerned for what you're concerned about. He's concerned about your tears. He's concerned yes. about your disappointment. He's concerned about the betrayals. He's concerned about the things that have let you down, the people that have let you down. He's concerned about your pain. And he has anointed this place, this time, his word, to deal with that situation once and for all. One thing I love about prayer, prayer is so important because I call it conversation. I love having conversation with my Lord and Savior. Especially when I'm going through something, I said, I got to pray because I have to have a conversation. And as I'm having that conversation, I know that he hears me. I know it. I know that he hears me because he loves me. And like 
pastor was saying, I expect, I'm in expectancy. I'm expecting a response. I'm expecting God to give me a response. And so I love having conversation with God because he is concerned about me. Because sometimes we think we shouldn't pray. You know, I hear some people say, oh, you shouldn't pray about certain things. I've heard people say that before. Oh, certain things you shouldn't pray about. And I've heard them say, because you got yourself into that mess. So you shouldn't pray about it. You see? But that's not our God. That's not his heart. You see? We may have gotten ourselves into it, but he can get us out of it. You see? He will listen and get us out of it. You know? So I go to God for everything. And I go with con God has concern for you. He has concern for me. So no matter how big or how small your prayer is, it could be something even simple. I don't know about you. Sometimes I go to God with simplicity, some simple things. But I need them anyway, <laughs> you know. And I'll go to God even, you know, I'm buying a house. I'll go to God. Should I buy the house? I don't know about you guys. I talk to him about everything I'm doing, you know. And I wait on him for the answer because I believe he's going to answer me and tell me what to do or how to do it or where to go or who to see or who to speak to. And then he puts people in our path. And we say, hallelujah for that. He'll put people in your path, the right people for you to talk to, right? Who will help you through whatever it is. So I put my trust in him because I know he has concern for me. He has concern for your children. He has concern for your neighbor. He has concern. See, he loved us. And this is the resurrection message. He died for us all. He died to give us eternal life. He died for us all. Not just for one, for us all. So it's all inclusive. The gospel is not seclusive, you know, just for certain people. The gospel is for everyone. It's, for, it's all inclusive for all people who receive him as their Lord and Savior. And I thank God for that. I thank God for his resurrection power. I thank God that he died for me. I thank God every single day. I say, thank you, Jesus. First thing I do in the morning, I say, you know, I thank God every day for when I breathe. I don't know about you guys, but I get up and I go, thank you, Lord, that I'm breathing today. Thank you, Lord, that I'm breathing this morning, you know. Just giving him thanks because we can't take it for granted. We can't take it for granted. You don't know what tomorrow brings. So I say, thank you for another day of life. Help me, Jesus, to make the most of it. How can I serve you today, oh God? See, because besides us asking things of God, we need to ask him, how can I serve you today? What can I do for you, oh God? How can I help someone else, Jesus? How can you put somebody else on my path so I can bless them and speak salvation into their lives, oh Holy Father? You see, it's not about just us, but it's about Jesus. Life is about Jesus, and without him, I cannot live. And it's, it's interesting, honey, because many of us are looking for God to move, and he moves many times through his people. Sometimes you have a need, and God will meet the need through his people. That's right. The love of God will literally flow through you. So when uh, God places something in your heart to do, do it, because he has identified a need. And he's trusting you to partner with him to bring that life or that provision or that wisdom to that person. Tell him I'll call him back in half an hour. <laughs> and, you know, um, actually, we, we are in the digital age for sure. So, um, you know, looking at what some of the comments, uh, Pastor um, Eileen, she says, yeah, it's all about Jesus. And uh, Francis, she says, yes, he places people in our path too. Yeah. And that's important. And many times, uh, I remember one time I was sitting in my living room and I was unsure as to what to do. 
There were so many things going wrong in my life, so many disappointments, and I, I prayed to God in that living room, turned the light off, and I was saying, God, if my season is over to minister or to pastor, I'll give it up. I know it belongs to you, not to me. And while I'm complaining to God, I get a call. And it was an, a person who wanted to say something to me, and he says, hi, uh, pastor, um, I was praying, and the Lord told me to tell you that wherever you go, he'll be with you, but your season is not over. If you remain, there are people that God has called you to pastor, and that person ministered to me. It was the heart of God, because as he's talking to me, I'm looking up, and says, man, only you, only you. And then a couple of days later, a prophetess from Puerto Rico who did not know me calls me and says, is this Victor Nazario? I says, yes. Well, you don't know me. I'm, I'm a prophetess in Puerto Rico, and the Lord uh, gave me your name. He says, go find my servant, Victor Nazario, in New York City. Her words, and she said, then go tell him that I have not told him to complain while I'm putting him through the process. Hello, by then, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing my chest. I says, oh my God, forgive me. You know, I'm, I, that's right, I was complaining. See, but God uses people. And then she went on to say what God was going to do here in the Bronx, and the beautiful things he was going to do. And, and that moment I said, God, I don't care if it's three people, 30 people, 1,000 people, one person. If you send me to minister to that person, I'll do it like if I'm, if I'm doing it for 1,000. And that's what I've done because he gave me that encouragement through his people. Praise God. So thank you, honey, for bringing that up because that's more important than what many know. Many of us have held back a blessing that belonged to somebody else yeah. because you were afraid of being that blessing or you didn't want to be bothered. Wow. Or you didn't think you were qualified. Today God wants to say to you, not only you're qualified because I qualified you, number two, next time I send you, remember you're being a blessing to that person. I'm, you're an extension of my love. Say to your neighbor, you're an extension of God's love. How many of you know that even when you pray to God, when you need something from the Lord, God will even use unsaved people to bless you? Sometimes he does. I mean, yeah. you know that. How many of you know that? Because I remember my husband was praying for a job. You know, he said, I'm, he, he was out of work and he says, I'm going to go pray for a job. He went into the room to pray and the next day he gets a call. Okay. And the man was unsaved. He was Jewish, but he was unsaved. And he says to him, come in, let me talk to you. And he went in and he spoke with him for a while. And he says, you know, why do I feel I have to help you? Why do I feel? Yeah. He's fighting with himself, literally yeah. saying, why do I feel I have to help you? I don't know. Something is telling me I have to help you. It was I, the I weirdest I, I interview in the world. I don't understand why I have to help you. He just kept saying, I don't understand why I have to help you. What? Why? Because the Holy Ghost had a hold on That's him. Because right. he had prayed and he had needed that job. And God says, I'm opening up a door that no man can shut. And he said, and God said, I'm going to open up that door. And even though he's unsaved, he will help you. And he will give you that job. And he got the job. And the amazing thing was the job was already taken by someone else that he knew that they had given somebody he knew calls him up says I was supposed to get that job how did you get that job I was the one that's supposed to get it and this is the way our God works okay God has a plan hallelujah so people who are looking for work just pray God is gonna open those doors in the name of Jesus you'll get that job and you'll bless your finances 
When I need something from the Lord, I pray and God hears me. I got so many testimonies that it'll take days and days and days for me to give them to you. The things that God has done for us and for me personally. There hasn't been anything I haven't prayed for that God has not given me in one way or the other. And it's not always the way I think, but always God opens the door. Hallelujah. So I thank God, you know, and you, of course we pray scriptures too, because I pray scriptures to the Lord. How many of you pray the scriptures? I pray the scriptures to the Lord. I say, but the, your word, Father, your word says this, you know, so I pray them and God has always opened up the doors. So God will use the unsaved, like he would use the saved person to bless you. Amen. Amen. So John, thinking about it, the author of this particular book, he says that Mary thinks Jesus is a gardener, tending to the grounds around the tombs. Now, John offers this information on purpose. We think it's just uh, something casual that he was saying. No, it was offered on purpose. It's not just that Mary is confused and mistaken, although she was, but also she was correct in what she was saying. Jesus is tending to the broken places of life. He is, in fact, repairing the brokenness that had begun all the way in the Garden of Eden long ago in the book of Genesis. The Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created a garden of perfection for his creation to reside in. He had a perfect relationship with Adam and Eve, and they experienced life to the full. But the man and woman God created disobeyed him. They ate the fruit from the tree and they were for, that they were forbidden to eat from. And what happened? Instantly, sin and death were introduced into the world, and everything was then broken. So God came searching for his creation, but could not find them because of their shame. My God. So they were naked and they, were, they hid. So the story of Easter is about a God who re-enters the garden to search for those he loves and to offer life to them once again. As soon as Jesus speaks Mary's name, she recognizes him, calls him teacher or Rabboni. In the middle of her darkest moment, Easter came just in time. Hallelujah. See, the Lord made something beautiful out of it. Hallelujah. And I, like I said, with the, with the shattered vase, I, I hate when things break, but they get shattered. Jesus made it, re, renew, renewed it. He renewed it. It may not have been the same, the same thing as when Adam walked in the garden and spoke directly with the Lord, but Jesus came and redeemed us. He came and he renewed us and made something beautiful out of it, something new. So today we have newness of mind. Oh, hallelujah, spirit, right? Our hearts are renewed in Jesus Christ because of what he did for you and for me. And you see, and, you see someone, I just want to mention, where you're coming from that angle, there was a shift. There was a shift in Mary's attitude. As soon as he spoke the word, he spoke his word, but he spoke his word in a name, in her name, right. but it was his word coming forth. Suddenly her eyes were open and she shifted. Right. And she went from hopelessness and despair to suddenly excitement. Uh, oh my God, my dream is still alive. Oh my right. God, the things I thought I lost is still there. It's been there all along. I just mm -hmm. didn't see it. And this is what God is doing in our lives. I believe this year is, has been a shift in our lives. I don't know yes. if you've been noticing, yes. you've been sensing in yes. your spirit, a spirit of expectation once again, whereas a season before there was like a disappointment, but now you're starting to hope again. Hope is welling alive again, that the joy is coming back, 
the expectations coming back. The, the, you, you're moving yeah. in faith again. Whereas before, people are shut down. Uh, but God is saying, I'm opening you up again. I'm opening up your expectation. I'm opening up your wisdom. I'm opening up your dreams once again. Uh, they're not gone as you thought they were. They might have been hid for a moment. The enemy might have tried to stifle it for a moment. But God said it can't be stifled. My resurrection power, hallelujah, will shut down anything the enemy tries to do. God is speaking life into the heart of his people. He's speaking hope once again. For, for those of you that thought that, you, you know, you're not worth it. Uh, you can't do it. God doesn't love you. That's a lie of the pit of hell. God loves you and he's calling you today to shift into faith shift into hope shift into that love posture again some of you have been going through problems in your marriages because uh, of, of a lot of the issues that have happened in the past could be financial could be that you've been hanging around too much because you're not working so you're home and seeing each other 24 hours a day but <laughs> some of you know exactly what I'm talking about right? but but uh, God is saying <laughs> I'm infusing once again that marriage. I'm infusing those relationships. I'm infusing once again. The favor is still there. Just receive it today. Just put your hands like this. And just receive his love. Receive Hallelujah. that hope. See, the gifts of God are received by faith. Thank what is it that you Jesus. need from God right now? Receive it right now. Mary shifted into faith. What are you shifting into today? Hallelujah. I sense he's reawakening. I hear the word reawakening some things in us. Hallelujah. Some dreams and hopes that we've had within us for a long time. God is reawakening those hopes and those dreams right now. He's opening up your spiritual eyes to see above and beyond what you have seen. See, right now you have seen in the front of you, but you haven't seen in the spirit. And God is opening up our spiritual eyes that we may begin to see in the spirit that your hopes and your dreams will be reawakened in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, God is doing renewing some minds, renewing some hearts. Some of you have been going through some pain, through some hurt. But God is restoring. God is restoring that which you have lost. What the enemy has stolen from you and what the canker worm has eaten, God is restoring even now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you receive that today? Hallelujah. How many of you receive that today? Oh, I receive that. Hallelujah. Oh, he's going to... Oh, God is, God is restoring it and giving it back with interest. You're going to receive it with interest with interest right now in the mighty name of jesus hallelujah amen oh he is doing a new thing hallelujah oh all the old things have passed he said behold i'm doing a new thing in your life a new thing hallelujah amen. remember this powerful revelation of this truth is that if jesus can overcome death there's nothing in our lives that he cannot defeat and overcome Remember that. The resurrection is that divine vindication of all the combined sufferings of Jesus. It is the confirmation that the love of God towards humanity wins out. It is the confirmation that all of God's promises are yea and amen. The late Chuck Colson, I don't know if you know him, he, he actually worked in government. He was part of a presidential cabinet at one point. Once he used a colorful illustration to explain why he was so certain that Jesus came back to life. And it included the way the apostles live, uh, lived their lives. 
you know, he, he understood uh, this thing about Watergate. Twelve men in Watergate got caught up, and, and uh, it, was, it was found out that they were colluding, and they went to prison, right? So what does he say? He says, I believe, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Well, because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead, and they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, put in prison. But they would not have endured that if it wasn't true. In Watergate, however, there were 12 men, but they were embroiled in the most powerful uh, situation, right? 12 most powerful men in the world at that time, right? Well, guess what? They couldn't keep a lie for simply three weeks. So he said, you're telling me that 12 apostles could keep a lie for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. Jesus' love for humanity had overcome death and defeated evil once and for all. It's a fact. It happened. It's guaranteed. His life, ministry, and resurrection are the proof that he was indeed the true king over all. And he stated it himself. In John 11:25. he said this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Praise God. And this is the message of salvation, hallelujah, that without Jesus we wouldn't have it. But we thank him today for his love, for his mercy. It takes a merciful God who has a lot of mercy. You've got to have a lot of mercy, you know. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I lack in that department. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, no, I do. I'm just being honest. Can we be honest today? Come on, people. And you're not going to tell me that none of you feel that way. Sometimes I'm lacking in that department, and i got to ask God for oh, Teach me to be merciful, Lord. You know, but no, Jesus, God has so much mercy and love for us that it didn't matter how we disobeyed, it didn't matter what we did or what we didn't do or how we just, you know, went astray or got ourselves into trouble or went into sin. He has so much love and so much mercy for you and for me that he still died on that, he still got on that cross and he died and he carried and he bore our sins. He bore my sins and he bore your sins that we may have salvation and eternal life. So I thank God Almighty every day for that. And I don't take it for granted. When you look at what he did on the cross, it was a big deal, more than a big deal. And I don't take it for granted at all. I said, thank you, Jesus, because you took my place. And if it wasn't for you taking my place, where would I be going? Where would I be going? I was in a cruise where the ship was almost about to sink. Okay, we were, and I, another time I'll tell you about that stuff, but, and I see people with life jackets running everywhere, in despair, everybody was in despair, and I'm just sitting watching everything going on, the scenario, and all of a sudden I hear God say, where do these people think they're going? Where? I said, and then I started saying, yeah, you're right, Lord, if the ship goes down, where are they going? Where are they going? So, I, you know, at that moment I said, I'm going to have to stop preaching Jesus up in here. I'm going to have to stop preaching salvation. You see, because I said, where are all these people going? You can put your life jacket on. I don't care how many life jackets you find. You, feel, you can still drown. But where are you going? Where's your soul going? Where are you going to spend eternity? With whom are you spending eternity? And this is where I say, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. And I said, I'm going to stop preaching Jesus up in this place. 
Because you see, my soul was ready to go with God. But I said, half of these people are not ready. Hallelujah. And I'm going to have to stop preaching God up in this place and get people saved. Because that's the job that God has given me and he has given you today. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that others could be saved. You have salvation today. Praise the Lord for that. But where are the other people going? Where are the other people going? We need to preach salvation to the people. This is the message of Easter. This is the message of salvation. Hallelujah. Where are they going? Start evangelizing. Speak to your friends, to your family. Get them saved, set free, and delivered. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. So Jesus said it to his followers, and he says it to us now. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the hope of life eternal and the key to true life. It's our belief, not just an intellectual exercise, but it's a deep trust in Him that ensures that the worst things that may happen to us in life will not be the last thing that happens to us That's because right. of Him. Amen. We have hope in the resurrection all around us for full life in Jesus, now and forevermore. So I want to invite everyone to just take a look at your life. Are you secure in Him? Have you given your life to Him? Have you said, you are my Lord, you're my Savior. I choose to walk with you. I choose to receive your forgiveness. Yeah, he, he died for the world. But the whole world's not going to receive him. And you look at today's society, many are doing their best to try to shut the gospel message down. What a terrible thing to think that you could fight God. Ah. But they, they are deluded. Be, but understand, the Bible says they are living in a delusion. Yes. The eyes of their yes. understanding have been darkened. Yes, Even Saul of Tarsus was doing what he did, thinking he yes. was doing it for God. But when God opened up his eyes, he said, oh my God, what have I done? He always called himself the least of the apostles because of the error that he committed. He was imprisoning uh, the Christians and some had been murdered. And he was part of that initiative. And now later on, he became the great apostle Paul by revelation. And he was so dedicated to preaching the gospel. But it was because he saw how God opened up his eyes and the change that God did for him. Hallelujah. What has God, God done for you? Hallelujah. What so will much. God do through you? So much. Hallelujah. This is the time. Hallelujah. This is the time. This is the season. Yes. So for those online and Maybe here, if, if you haven't received Jesus yet, but the Holy Spirit is speaking yes. to you, and you want the eyes of your understanding opened, the greatest message is the gospel message. Gospel means good news. It's not like the world's painting, oh, horrible, those, those yes. religious folk, they, they don't know what they're doing, they're dumb. Listen, we all believe in something. Even the atheist believes in something. Because we were made that way. There, there's a hole in our heart that can only fill by God. And if, it, if God's not there, you'll try to fill it with a lot of garbage. Yeah. Hallelujah. But do you want Jesus today? Hallelujah. We ask, do you Thank want Jesus? You if you do, I want, I want everybody to bow their heads a moment. For yes. those of you that haven't received Jesus, if you have not received Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And online, same thing with you. Just pray these words. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. I come to you this moment and I ask your forgiveness. For every trespass that I've committed. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me by your blood. 
I receive the Lord Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I take him as my Savior, as my Redeemer. And I thank you because you said that whoever calls upon him, you shall not cast aside. So this moment, I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Praise God. If you've prayed that prayer, I would love to know. I want to know. If you're online, please let us know online. Uh, let us know maybe how we could respond to you. We want to send you a Bible. We also want to send you material so that you could understand the blessing and the privilege of it, what it, what it is to walk with God. And if there's anybody here that did pray that prayer for the first time, let us know at the end of the service. Yes. We'll bless you with materials, with a Bible, and uh, we're here for you. Uh, you can call us during the week. We are very active, not just here in the physical locale, but we're also active during the week, the week through Zoom. And we will uh, disciple you. It doesn't cost anything. It's already paid because Jesus paid for it. Amen? So if that's you, please let us know. And we would love to be able to minister the Word of God to you and get you started in the brand new life. I just want to say that every time I get a chance to do that prayer, I do it over and over and over. <laughs> I don't know about you. Praise God. It's just a prayer that we should be doing every single day. I, I just thank God for well, what he has 15, done in my life. I don't know if you remember. I remember when he was 15. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell the story. You're going to tell the story? <laughs> Go ahead, honey. Honey, will you do me a favor? Will okay, you tell the story? <laughs> so when we first got saved, we were 15 years old, both of us. And we got saved, and every week they would do an altar call. Every Sunday, you know, after the message, they would do an altar call. And every week he went up. And I, I just wanted to make just, sure he just kept going up every week, you know, and he would do the sinner's prayer, whatever you know, we call it, the sinner's prayer. He would do the prayer and, and he would repent over and over again. And then finally, I think one time the pastor, one of the gentlemen in the church, said, you don't have to do this anymore. You've already done it so many times. Like, you don't have to keep coming up. You've already you're already saved. You don't got to keep coming to. But he didn't care. He just kept coming. He wanted to be sure, 100% sure. Absolutely. I'm the same way. Every time I can make that prayer, I make that prayer. Hallelujah. Praise God. So um, I want all of us to stand a moment. And I want you to get out of your seats and just bless somebody. Yes. Just tell them how, you know, bless them with Resurrection Sunday or, you know, God bless you or some kind word. Just get, I, I get at least five people and just give them some love right now. <laughs> Praise God. Five people. Give them love. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. So you could get back to your seat now, and I'll, I'll dismiss you.
Great to see you, husband. Amen. I said five people, not the whole church. <laughs> Praise God. It's great to see Pastor Jenny. Praise God. Been so much, so many things to us. Pastor Jenny, Elder Jenny, all the, God bless you. All the way from Texas. So God bless you all on this beautiful Resurrection Sunday. We love you. We appreciate you. But above all, remember, God loves you. And he paid the price once and for all. You don't have to fight about salvation. You don't have to earn it. It was a gift that was given to you. You have to receive it and walk with Almighty God. And remember, you're not alone. You're part of a beautiful family. So if you don't have a, a church, you could be part of this particular church. Yes. And we will welcome you and we'll help to disciple you. If you already have a church, amen. You go back there and, and be that blessing that God has called you to be. Praise God. And all of you that are online, God bless you. Uh, we extend our love to you. And um, thank you so much for uh, spending Easter with us. We so dearly appreciate it. Praise God. Amen. So you, can you bow your heads so let me dismiss you? Actually, I made the first prayer, so let, let my wife, my honey. She outprays me any time of the week. I don't know about that. <laughs> Father, we thank you right now for your word. Lord, we ask that we would take it home with us in our hearts and that we would go home and meditate on the message of salvation, on the message of resurrection of this Easter Sunday. We thank you, Father. We ask that this word would have touched the hearts of each and every person here. Father, you know the needs of your people, Father, and that this touched them in their hearts, Lord God, and everyone who went home with their portion, dear God. We thank you for what you are doing, Father. We pray that you would bring up blessings upon blessings upon your people this week as they get ready for the work week. We thank you, Father. We ask that you grant each and every person here traveling mercies, O Heavenly Father. We thank you, O Lord, that we would start the week with you, Father, and end the week with you each and every day, Lord God. Let our weeks begin with Jesus. And let our weeks end with Jesus and then start again and again, Father, that every day we would meditate on you and meditate in your word, Father, and read your word, Father. In Jesus' name I pray and I give you glory, honor, and praise, O Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Happy Resurrection Day. Remember, you're blessed and you are highly favored. So go be that blessing that God has called you to be. Love you.